Week 10, here we come. It's off to New York, and it's time to snap this four-game losing streak. With DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. D, let me start with, uh, you were right. What's and that? I was wrong. About what? Going back to last week. Uh, when we were in these seats, I was a little concerned. Cam Newton was complaining. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. uh, the pass rush of the Rams might be penalty prone. That there might be a 15-yarder, uh, at a critical moment that costs the Rams the game. Instead, they racked up five sacks on Cam Newton without taking a personal foul. I was surprised with the Mark Barron hit. I thought that was going to be 15. I mean, you don't sack quarterbacks with shoulders. When you don't bring the arms and you knock a quarterback that size down on the ground, usually a flag comes with it. So a little bit surprising there. But, yeah, I mean, just because a guy pops off, I don't think the league is going to you know change how they officiate games. So, uh, look, I, I wish you we could have come away – from that game with a victory. It was right there for you. Um, I don't think you can do a better job defensively against Cam Newton in that offense. Um, the problem is you just can't stick it in the end zone on the other side. That's That's been the, the issue. I see three big things. Yeah. Running the football, creating turnovers, and quarterback play that will dictate the outcome on Sunday against the Jets, who are struggling with many of these same things themselves. Yeah, you know, um, but I, I actually agree with the with, with Jeff Fisher and what he said about why he's not going to put Jared Goff in. Because, I mean, I'm looking at Case Keenum's numbers, you know, throughout the season and into last year. And, uh, look, um, quarterbacks get benched, and they get replaced when they're not performing. So, but... The last place I want to send a rookie is into New York. And I know there's a lot of bad talk about New York, about what's happening off the field with some of their players, and their record isn't good. But they can play defense. They've got some some beasts up front there. So there's a good chance you can go into New York and have the same thing happen, meaning you can't run the football. And you might have to throw it more than you'd like. So I'd rather have the veteran out there throwing the, the football versus a rookie who's just getting his feet wet. In case you missed the head coach, Monday night at the Westlake Village Inn on the Jeff Fisher Show, here he is responding to the audible criticism in the Coliseum of Case Keenum. You know, I understand the fans' frustration, the fans' you know desire to see to see Jared on the field, but it's just it it takes time. And um, you know, hey, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I, I don't know, but. What I do know is that I'm a week-to-week guy, um, and and I've been doing this a long time. I know that our best chance to go to New York and get a win, which we need to get, is is with Case. Few things there. One, need to get this win. Need uh, to get, yeah. Uh, second, it's now about Case Keenum giving his team the best chance to win, which I think makes a lot of sense at this stage of the season. It's no longer kind of the, the training camp into the early season rhetoric of when Jared is ready he will play. Now it seems more like Jared is ready mentally, physically. He might have gotten on the field with a, a non-throwing injury, non-throwing arm injury to Case Keenum last Sunday. But with where they stand, riding a four-game losing streak and the division not running away and hiding, why not give Case one more chance to see if he can't put you into playoff contention again with back-to-back wins at New York, home against Miami? Well, good cop, bad cop. I mean, with a passer rating of 77, um, does that really give you a best chance to win when you're looking at it that way? But from a football standpoint, in totality, yes, he's the more veteran, more experienced signal caller, so you want to go with that guy. If I'm William Hayes, if I'm Robert Quinn, Aaron Donald, anybody that's a veteran on that football team, I want the best possible candidate, the most experienced guy on the road. Um, If you're going to break in a rookie, do it at home. It's easier. 
it makes things a lot easier. So I, I get where he's coming from, but I mean, look, on the way over, JB, the the one thing I kept thinking about was this could be Case Keenum's last stand. Um, I mean, winning the game is one thing. I mean, looking impressive and winning is another. So. Um, even if you do come out of New York with a victory and Case is your starter, I mean, Goff could go in at home the very next week. Uh, it, it could happen that way. I mean, just based on these numbers and how things have gone. But, hey, look, it's not all his fault. Uh, you have to find ways to run the football. That is going to be tough this week with their, their, their front four. Their defensive line is about as good as a D-line you're, as you're going to face. So getting the running game going I think would be number one and then – Fixing your quarterback spot would be number two based on how your offense is run. Top five in the NFL in rushing defense. We'll speak with a member of the media who covers the New York Jets and get their perspective a little bit later on here on Rams All Access. But to that point, it feels like the Rams, no matter who is at quarterback for the rest of 2016, need to devalue the quarterback position. What I mean by that is over the last three games, they're throwing 44 balls per outing. That is third most in the NFL. At no point this offseason and training camp this season, 2016, did the Rams have design on being a top-five passing attack. At no point. And I understand that they're at a spot in their schedule where passing defenses are a little bit soft. Carolina, New York, some liabilities in the back end. But I think that's fool's gold. I think even if it's a favorable matchup, we heard Jeff Fisher say, we need to be a little bit more stubborn. If there's eight, if there's nine in front of us, we still need to do our jobs better and get running yards. Oh, I like that. I like that mentality. I, I agree 100%. If I'm a, an opposing defense and you're game planning for the Rams the way they're constructed now with Case Keenum as your quarterback, hey, look, if we can get them to throw the football 30, 35, 40 times, that's what we want. You know, uh, look, I, I think defenses, they gain confidence as the game goes along especially when the Rams are trying, you know, multiple pass attempts per drive and it's not working. So you start to see these guys like it's funny. You'll watch the defensive line or defensive backs or what have you, and uh, their feet get a little more unsteady. They they get a little more nimble and the the defensive line, their butt starts to rise as the game goes on because, hey, look, they're not going to run it. They're throwing it. Let's get after the quarterback. So you've got to keep these guys on their heels. Uh, by running the football and staying balanced. If not, if you're more pass-heavy, then look, I, I expect the same offensive output week in and week out if you keep throwing the ball this much. Let's hear it from the head coach directly here first, and then I want to ask you a question about pass-rushing Case Keenum and tap into your defensive line expertise after this. This is uncharacteristic of us. We need to run the football. And uh, now, granted, um, you know, the Jets understand that, as did as did Carolina and the Giants and Detroit, and they're taking it away, so he pushed it down the field. But there comes a point where, you know, you have to take on this attitude where, you know what, we're going to run this, and you guys know we're going to run this, and you can't stop it. And we have to get to that. we got to get that attitude back. So we need to improve the run game. You know, that sounds a week too late because coming yeah. off of 53 pass attempts – in uh, London against the Giants and then going in the bye week, I thought we would see more of that attitude against Carolina in a game that was played within two scores for the vast majority, within a touchdown for the vast majority. Uh, we did not. Now, early in that game, DeMarco, here's what I want to tap into your pass rushing expertise. Case Keenum had three balls batted at the line of scrimmage. Uh, we know Case is not the tallest of stature uh, among the NFL quarterback ranks. As a defensive lineman, the book is out on him. How are you rushing Case Keenum as one of the Jets' defensive linemen 
seeing what you're seeing on tape right now. With the size of these guys. Well, with, with taller quarterbacks, when you think of protection, all you think about is time. Let's give that guy time to throw because you don't have to worry about space because he can see over the line of scrimmage. Well, with shorter guys, it's the exact opposite. You have to give them time, and you have to give them space to throw because the ball is coming out lower. So as a defensive lineman, my first job with a quarterback that's the size of Case Keenum or Russell Wilson, if he can't run, is to push the pocket. Push the, the interior pocket to him so he can't see. Close the distance. So make him move if he can. Um, it's hard with, with quarterbacks to throw the football when they're you know, 6'1", 6 feet. Because, like you said, if it's not off play action, if you're not buying play action, then you have to give that guy at least three feet or three yards and time to read the field. So as a D lineman, I might go to more power moves. I'm not looking to win right off the bat like Aaron Donald does. I'm winning quick at the line of scrimmage and then getting into the backfield. I might go a more of a, a push first and then come off late because it does twofold. He can't see, and then when he can't see, he's going to scramble right into me. So it makes it harder for the offense. I'll say this. One of the things Case Keenum identified watching that game back, the loss to Carolina, is that he needs to do a better job in pocket presence. He didn't do his tackles any favors in terms of some of the sacks that he took. Uh, so if it's trusting his read, trusting his protection, climbing the pocket a little bit, that's going to be one big area of emphasis for him this week going to New York against the likes of Mo Wilkerson, Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson, uh, some of the better defensive line in professional You mean football. a quarterback actually moving around in the pocket buying time? That's legal? <laughs> oh, my bad. You can do that? Let's try that. <laughs> I want to say one more thing, too, about the running game before we take our first yeah. break, too, is Tavon Austin is an extension of the running game. Counterpunch. Yeah, we can't just look purely at handoffs and carries for Todd Gurley, although 12, not nearly enough, and fewer than 20 rushing attempts per game over the last three, not nearly enough. But the other thing that I would say is not nearly enough is the touches for Tavon in dynamic spaces where he can make a guy miss and house it. We have not seen that this year for Tavon the way that we become accustomed to when the franchise was in St. Louis. Uh, no doubt. Um, I, maybe the book's out on him. Um, Luke Keekley had a field day just calling out stuff. Everybody has with Tavon. When he goes in motion, they're all calling it out. So it's up to Rob Boris. It's yeah, up to Tavon. Yeah, sweep didn't work. No. Luke was all over that. It's up to everyone else to make those plays exciting and add another dimension to to your repertoire if you're Tavon Austin, actually catching passes down the field and make loose plays down the field. Creating takeaways, a topic coming up here on Rams All Access. Plus, Rich Semini covers the New York Jets for ESPN.com. He'll give us the temperature from New York after this on ESPN LA 710. It's time to get you set for Week 10. Rams, Jets, at MetLife Stadium on Rams All Access. Pro football is a game. This is Four Down Territory. All right, time for Four Down Territory here on Rams All Access. It's our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We speak with someone who covers the opposition this week. It's Rich Samini, who covers the Jets for ESPN and ESPN.com. Rich, thanks for being with us. We understand you just got out of a, a press conference. What's the latest on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and who should the Rams expect to see at quarterback this week? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be Ryan. He practiced for the second straight day. He was... Uh, Technically, he was listed as limited with his sprained MCL, but uh, Todd Bowles just said a few minutes ago that he is getting better, and uh, they just need to see him get through Friday's practice, and then I think I think he'll be the starter. 
Boy, that uh, injury list is a long one, and uh, it includes a couple of pieces of the offensive line. How much of a concern is that retooled offensive line uh, against a Rams defensive front that is healthy and coming off a five-sack performance? Yeah, the Jets are very concerned, especially with uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, he's such a great player, and uh, the Jets seem like they're juggling their offensive line on a weekly basis. Uh, that never used to be the case here. They always used to have real good continuity. But this year, I think it's five different offensive line combinations. This week, they'll have a new left tackle. for the. Well, actually, not new. He started last week, but for the second straight week, it'll be Ben Igelana at left tackle. Uh, Ryan Clady, who was supposed to be the guy, is on injured reserve now. And so it, it's going to be a major challenge for them this week, protecting Fitzpatrick. Speaking of sacks, uh, Leonard Williams, it seems, has lived up to his number 6 overall draft pick a couple of years ago. Tell us about the USC Trojan and how life is going in New York for him. Uh, he's probably the best player on the team. He's really uh, he's really developed nicely, and he's not even close to reaching his potential. He's just, he just really could get better as a pass rusher. If you can believe it, he already has six sacks, as you mentioned. That's by far the team lead. It's double his rookie total. So he's, he's improving. He's very good against the run. Uh, he's, they, they couldn't be happier with him. They're, they're glad. That, you know, there's a little luck involved in this, too. They didn't think he'd be available with the six picks last year, and he fell into their lap, and they took him, and he's been their best player so far. Lastly, Rich, what can we expect in terms of temperature of the fan base? What kind of crowd should we expect on Sunday at MetLife? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, I think it's going to be a uh, smaller crowd than usual. I think just from you know, uh, you know, putting my finger on the pulse of this team in the city, they're very down on the Jets right now. There's a lot of frustration. You know, the team obviously is not anywhere close to where they thought they'd be. So it's going to be a smaller crowd. Uh, it's going to be an impatient crowd. They will be jumping on the Jets. There'll be a lot of booing early in the game if things don't go well. Ryan Fitzpatrick right now is um, is like the public enemy number one. So much like Case Keenum was booed last year, last week, and his own his home crowd. I think it'll be the same for Fitzpatrick if he gets off to a bad start. Rich Samini covers the Jets for ESPN and ESPN.com. Thanks for that preview on Four Down Territory. You're welcome. And let's bring D back in, our Super Bowl champion, our Pro Bowler. Uh, seems like the Jets. And national champion. And national go champion. Go Huskies. There you go. <laughs> back in playoff contention. Right. Big game against USC this Saturday night in primetime. Uh, but it seems like we're going to New York to see a Jets team that is on the brink. Yeah, it's, you know, watching Ryan Fitzpatrick in that offense play, it's, it's like watching Case Keenum in this offense play. I mean, same deal. I mean, he's having difficulty, you know, finding open men and, and, and completing passes. And it's forcing the defense into bad situations. So, good. I like hearing that. Uh, if, if they're ready to boo, then uh, let's give them something to boo about early and take the crowd out of it quick. And that's going to only help the Rams offense. Um, if you can make them boo, turn on the Jets, then it'll be quiet when you're on the field. So that will help out. Um, but takeaways, uh, this guy will throw it to you. Both teams will throw it to you, but especially Fitzpatrick. He's going to throw it to you at some point. You're going to have your chance uh, to to get takeaways, which is huge. And I heard Jeff Fisher say this right after the loss in Carolina. Hey, look, uh, we need to score more points. Hey, defense. Now, this is right after. You went after the the reigning MVP and, and knocked him around pretty good. Hey, you're going to have to do more 
and help the offense score. So taking the ball away, getting that key turnover in, in key times to set your offense up on a short field to score, that's only going to help their confidence and help you win football games. I'm glad you brought up takeaways because in this four-game losing streak, only one takeaway. It was on the opening drive by the Giants in London. The Rams cashed into a touchdown and things were going great. But they've outgained their opponent during the four-game losing streak. They've picked up more first downs than their opponent. For all the offensive woes, they've actually outperformed the four teams that have beaten them offensively. What they have not done is won the turnover battle. They're 3-0 and when they win it. They are winless when they do not. Here's Alec Ogletree, middle linebacker, on the defense, needing to get some takeaways. I think our biggest thing now is just creating more turnovers and to, uh, being able to help our offense out and getting them more offensive possessions. Rip the ball out, uh, get interceptions, just all kind of stuff. You know, get a sack, knock the ball out of the quarterback's hand, uh, stuff like that to, you know, like I said, help create more offensive possessions for our offense. So, um, you know, that's, that's probably our biggest focus this week is, you know, continue to do the things that we're doing well right now, but also, you know, emphasize a little more on, on creating turnovers. What a leader. I mean, I, I remember when he came in out of shape one year, uh, and you were the jury was out on Alec Ogletree as the player. He has really turned into a great player and a leader. But I did worry about when you did play Alec Ogletree at middle linebacker, are you going to lose some of his playmaking ability? No picks, uh, one forced fumble. Uh, he's got a lot to do, and I don't think he's as freed up as a weak side linebacker just to be that to play with uh, reckless abandon. So when you start thinking of takeaways, which guy? Um, you know, the both safeties or all three safeties that you line up with aren't noted guys as far as taking the ball away. They're noted hitters. Um, Tremaine Johnson is the only corner that has has turned in a, a season with you know six or more picks. He's the only corner with a pick on the roster right yeah, now. Yeah, so when the you other look, two belong to Barron. When you're looking for takeaways, which guy are we talking to? Which which guy? Because they don't have a history of taking the ball away. Um, so Aaron Donald, um, is it fair to ask him to do more? Um, you're getting to the quarterback um, more than anyone else, so I guess I'm going to have to ask you when you get there to knock the ball out. So outside of Robert Quinn, uh, who is a takeaway machine when he gets to the quarterback ripping the ball out, who has been that guy over his career? Ogletree was that guy, but now you're playing middle. So do you lose that guy? So somebody's just going to have to step it up and, and play to a different level at this point if you're going to get the ball out. Good news is there's no better team in the NFL to get a turnover against than the New York Jets. They're minus 11 in turnover margin. That's second to last. 19 giveaways are the most in the league. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, as we just heard, is expected to get the start again on Sunday, a quarterback, the most turnover-prone a quarterback in the National Football League, but right behind him, Case Keenum. Yeah, you know, and and they're both. I mean, I think Fitz is a little bit bigger, but look, there there are no safe throws with, with shorter quarterbacks. Let's just get that out there. There there's a higher level of risk because of where the ball's coming out. There's always a risk of a tip, pick, this, that, and they're going to miss spots. They're going to have blind throws, so there's going to be opportunities for the defense to get their hands on the football both sides. Um, so number one, if they do, you have to tackle the guy, but defensively speaking for the Rams, when you have an opportunity to take the ball away, pick it, recover it, whatever, you're going to have to come up with at least two to win this football game. Changing gears just a little bit to special teams, maybe this is the week that the Rams break one in the return game because Miami's given up return touchdowns in each of the last two weeks, and we feel like Tavon is getting close, and they had a couple of return penalties actually on holdings that Jeff Fisher didn't agree with, but that would be another way to give 
this team a lot of life is if you can create a non-offensive touchdown. No doubt. Um, help you win games. If not punt return, then dial up a block. Go after the punt. Put pressure on them. Um, it may force Tavon to, to fair catch, but if you're backed up, I don't mind that at all. But if you have them backed up and he's going to catch it around midfield, I'll try to take that thing to the house. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bones Fossil and company decided to dial up more chances to get the old double thud, the block punt uh, this week. You need a spark. You need to set your offense up in scoring territory. Man, as I look down the injury report, I'm not sure I have seen a team across the league that has more bumps and bruises than the Jets. Nine players on IR and a whole lot more questionables beyond that. This continues to be a trend, and it's the most surprising part about being sub-500 for the Rams to me is it feels like every week they're in a better position to put frontline players out there. They need to capitalize on their health. Funny, right? The injury list is always longer on the opposition side, but you've lost four in a row. You know, um, so at some point you're going to have to make that work for you and and win football games. And I think you're just you're almost there. You're close to getting it done, but you've got to come away with a W, no matter what. It's an abbreviated version of Rams All Access with Demarco Far, JB Long, USC Hoops coming up next here on ESPN LA seven ten. In our next segment, Kenny Britt for the Pro Bowl. We'll discuss. Learn about the matchups. Hear about the biggest storylines. Rams are 3-5 and five and looking to keep a chance for the playoffs alive. This week, KFC East road trip to MetLife Stadium. Week 10 battle with the Jets. We are getting you ready with Rams All Access. Rams All Access. We belong to Marco Farr. Only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. This segment of the Rams All Access program is sponsored by Barbecues Galore, your local source for the best tailgating gear at the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. Visit barbecuegalore.com, that's bbqgalore.com, to find the store nearest you. Back on Rams All Access, we invite you to visit nfl.com slash pro bowl and vote for Kenny Britt. That's what he wants you to do. He's got a little campaign running on his Instagram account, Kenny Britt 18 He's got a, a picture instead of vote for Pedro. It's vote for Kenny <laughs> in the uh, the classic white T-shirt. Tell you uh, what, you get two scores versus New York, you'll get my vote, Kenny. How about that? Is that fair? Sing for your supper? Work for my vote? <laughs> you know, I was looking at his uh, numbers the other day, just in terms of trends that he's on. And at least going into Sunday, he's on pace for over 1,200 yards receiving. His career high is 775. So yeah. this, is a, this is a career year for Kenny, despite all the offensive struggles. The Rams have not had a 1,000-yard receiver since Torrey Holt in 2007. Kenny Britt can be that man in their first year in Los Angeles. You know, um, look, uh, when you when you think about the Rams, I mean, probably the third thing you talk about is the offense. So, you know, I love it, man. Um, 1,000-yard receivers, 1,200-yard receivers, that should help you win. Um, but it's not about individual awards. You know this, right? It's about victories. Right. Um, that's what I said. Uh, help the team win, number one. If you if you make it to the Pro Bowl, then so be it. If it motivates you, I like it even better. Anytime I have a chance to drop a little Napoleon Dynamite into a of show, course. Though, I, I couldn't resist. Uh, while we're on the topic of social media, our Twitter poll this week for Rams All, Rams All Access, uh, do you expect more passing attempts or more rushing attempts by the Rams against the Jets. 75% of respondents expect the trend to continue. More pass than run. If they're wrong, I think that means good things for the Rams' offense and their chances of winning the game. We have not really seen them commit to grounding and pounding 
as long as the game is within reach. Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be tough sledding this week again. I mean, look, there's a, a lot of bad talk, uh, a lot of negative talk about New York, and uh, they may be having problems, but when the guys that cross the white line on defense, especially up front in their front seven, you talked about Leonard Williams, uh, Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson. I mean, these guys can play, and they cause, they've caused everybody they've played nightmares and headaches. Matter of fact, some of the touchdowns or a lot of the touchdowns that the Jets have given up early were all mistakes in coverage. I mean, I I think um, when you look at their stats, I think they have uh, opponents have had to throw the ball 30 times or more in every game, save for one. And that was last week. So I I would expect the Rams to have to throw uh, offensively to to move the football. I mean, they're going to be tough to run against. It's interesting. We'll see. Uh, It's not an it's not an encouraging trend what we've seen, even if you take out the two-minute drill stuff at the end. But uh, here's an opportunity to get a road win in the early East Coast window and set yourself up to come home against Miami and get back to 500. If it doesn't go the Rams' way, you wonder if we might see a change of direction, uh, a change of goals, really, yeah. for the rest of the season. You might start to tee up 2017. And that would be a shame for some of the, the veteran guys on this football team that you know made the move, came out here, and you were in that three-game winning streak and everything looked so positive. And to have that you know end before the season is over would be a shame. So, look, it's man-in-the-mirror time for, for everyone that needs to step up and help this football team win, coaches included. Um, you don't want this thing to end in November. You, you really don't. You don't want to start playing for 2017 in November. So it's important. And uh, the one thing we did learn from when Dick Vermeil took over as our head coach way back in the 90s, uh, one of the things he taught when he was trying to change the culture of our football team was you have to keep losing teams losing. That's number one. That's what playoff teams do. So I know it sounds funny because the Rams are one of those teams, but if you want to be a playoff squad and you have a team like the the Jets – uh, on your schedule this week, you have to get this win. No ifs, ands, or buts. See more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com slash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate package to the next game. Our next game, Sunday. We start at 7 a.m. Our coverage here on ESPN LA 710. DeMarco, Maurice, and I will be in the booth. Coming up next here on ESPN LA 710, a new college basketball season begins for Andy Enfield and his Trojans. We'll talk to you on Sunday from MetLife in the Meadowlands.